0: I'm going to tell you about grip six uh, grip six is a great company. Uh, they are made in America and you know that even if I didn't tell you that because of the way they make their products, because of the way they believe in this country, uh, their socks are great. Their socks are freaking They're fantastic. Great, really They're, great. Keep your feet really warm. And they're not super thick, so you can put your normal shoes, (laughs) you can get really warm feet. Uh, They also have great belts, Uh, they have great wallets as well. Uh, The belt's laser etched designs, logos, uh, flags that make them personal to you. Uh, It's the kind of belt you buy when you don't plan to buy another one for a really long time. Uh, These are really cool styles, they are really high quality products. And you just need to get Grip6 in your life. Uh, you're, they've got great, great stuff, and they've got their lifetime guarantee going on as well. And uh, this is a solid American company, and you're going to love the stuff that they make. Grip6 is as American as it gets. Right now, Grip6.com slash stew. You can get 25% off on select items, plus free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. It's Grip6.com slash stew.
1: Justify the means. That is the question of our time. Do the ends justify the means? I'll explain in ten seconds. In si- oh, sorry, sixty seconds. They give them ten seconds, but they would be very upset with me. Tuttle twins. Most parents are concerned about you know what your kids' heads are being filled with. Have you seen TikTok? Yeah. If it were just that. Maybe. Maybe. Unfortunately, it's not that. It's everything and bad information intentionally is coming from our public schools right now. The best way to fight bad information is by embracing good information. We can't tolerate. We have to put good information out. Your kids are not going to educate themselves and they're not going to hear this anywhere else if it's not coming from you in the home. Tuttle Twins, this is why we love the Tuttle Twins books. My staff loves them, I love them. They teach amazing lessons about how our country was founded, why it was founded, the guiding principles, the free market system, and the necessity of small government. I cannot recommend these books any higher than I already have. I believe they should be in every American's home. Tuttle Twins. Three bonuses if you order today. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get a 35% discount plus the bonuses. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Keep your kids safe and sane in a socialist world. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Seven. All right, I want to tell you a story that I know you know, but it is important that we really reflect on it. It was January 6th. January 6th, Matthew Perna entered through an open door in the U.S. Capitol. The door was open. He walked through the Senate wing lobby, chanting USA, USA. He left 20 minutes later. He recorded all of it on his phone. After returning to his home in western Pennsylvania, he sat down and started watching TV and he saw a bulletin with his face on it. Matthew did the right thing. He called to turn himself in. He called the FBI without knowing that people he knew had already done that for him. In December, he pleaded guilty to charges of obstruction of an official proceeding and aiding and abetting, entering, a remaining, uh, entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds, disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds and disorderly conduct in the Capitol building. They are all misdemeanors except for federal obstruction, which holds a penalty of up to 20 years. Matthew's sentencing was scheduled for a couple of weeks uh, from now, April 1st. Now he may have faced a fair trial in court, the court of public opinion and the Biden administration, mainstream media, had already ruled against him. He was a traitor. He was a terrorist. He was worthy of being turned in by his own friends. He was publicly ridiculed by major voices as a threat to democracy. You know how this ends for Matthew. He won't be present for a sentencing because he took his own life on February 25th. After his death, his lawyer said, the government had recently announced an intention to seek an additional sentencing enhancement with Mr. Perna. He was psychologically frail and not able to deal with the stress of the situation. He hung himself. In his obituary, his family wrote, Matthew Lawrence Perna died on February 25, 2022, of a broken heart. His community, which he loved, his country, and the justice system killed his spirit and his zest for life. The constant delays in hearings, the postponements dragged out for over a year. Because of this, Matt's heart broke and his spirit died. No one can really understand or know the mind of a suicide victim. It's an act of insanity You just want everything to stop and you've convinced yourself things would be better for your family and everybody you love if you were gone. If we take his family at their word, Matthew lost so much faith in America and our justice system that suicide seemed a more reasonable thing than going to court The story of his broken faith hit Americans hard when they heard it. But it sends an ominous message about the state of our union. We now no longer trust our own nation to deal justly with us. Violent criminals released without bail. I just saw a sentence for a guy who just completely beat almost to death this elderly man. He's got an ankle bracelet. He's back out. Illegal immigrants bust across the country in the middle of the night. And yet there is a collective silence for the rights of the January 6th defendants. We hesitate as people to stand up for the January 6th defendants because we don't know exactly what they were charged with. We don't know who they are, which is weird, isn't it? People notice the double standard. They feel it. And we can't ignore those fears. If, our, if the goal of our Justice Department is to break the spirit of our political prisoners, then they succeeded in the case of Matthew Perna. But if the goal is, as their mission states, to ensure fair and impartial administration of justice for all Americans, then we've got a lot of work to do. For the guilty and for the innocent, we need Real justice but what we're getting now is social justice and it will turn if you're for social justice, it will turn on you in your lifetime. Let's see how you feel about it then. We need real justice, but if it doesn't come or doesn't come quickly enough, we need to keep our heads up. We need to be there for one another and ourselves. We have to keep the faith. You have to know that you can make things better. And that your voice, your life matters. Nelson Mandela was a political prisoner. And he was a bad guy. He was a communist. He was, he was engaged in violent activity. But look at the difference he made. Look at the difference he made in the end. James Comey came out with an op-ed. It was published in the Washington Post. This week, and it was directed right to the FBI agents. And he said, we're a nation of laws, and the FBI is an organization dedicated to the rule of law. You have to support and defend the Constitution. We've always had divisive politics in the United States. But despite all the division, passion, and anger, we've never had something like January 6th. I'm so tired of hearing that. It is such... A lie. Such a lie. In fact, I could. In fact, why don't I play the New York Times reporter caught by Project Veritas telling the truth. A guy who wrote about how scary it was, how how difficult, how horrible it was. Here he is talking to an undercover reporter from from Project Veritas. Listen to this. It's
0: like January 6th stuff that is like, I'm so over at this point. It's so <laughs> over. over.
1: I'm so The so over.
0: less overreaction, the well, less reaction to it in some places was so over the top. Like me and two other colleagues who were there or outside. And we were just having like, fun. Dude, come on. Like, we were not in any danger. Like, I, like, you could tell how much fun we had in January. Oh,
1: that's great. Is, <laughs> are you allowed to have that much fun on January 6th? I just want to
0: be mourning? I know, I know. So, so if you're traumatized. <laughs> but, like, all these colleagues who are in the building.
2: Is that I'm like, really the vibe From them,
3: it's not the
0: kind of place I can sit and tell somebody to man up, but I kind of want to. you You're like, dude, come on, like. You were not in any danger.
1: I'm, <laughs> okay. um, I'm going to stop it there because uh, you can find this online and I urge you to watch it. But this is a New York Times reporter that was reporting how dangerous this was. There's never been anything like January 6th, yada, yada. But when he is talking to some young girl who's just asking about, wow, you were there. He was like, hey, it was no big deal. We were fine. They're all overreacting. No one was ever in any danger. Okay, so what's the truth on that? What's the truth? Well, Comey says that we are a nation of laws and we have to charge people uh, with crimes. We have to. And we can't decide which laws to uh, uphold and which not. Americans decided it was okay to physically interfere with the election procedures set out in our Constitution and laws and it can't happen again and he says even if, if even if you disagree you have to enforce this law January 6 can't happen again whatever their politics it can't happen again now listen he goes on to say normally when you make a criminal case you're thinking about personal deterrence or incapacitation two of the main goals of criminal prosecution that is you're making a case to keep the bad guy from hurting someone else But there are January six cases like that, and I suspect all agents agree that anyone who hit a cop or ransacked a room or conspired to violent sedition must be locked up. But January 6th investigation is mostly about something you might not like to think much about in your normal caseload. General deterrence. It's about sending a message, a shockwave of deterrence. So future Americans, whether misled by a lying demagogue or rightfully concerned about the loss of their rights, never again assault the institutions of government. Now, that is not that. That's not uh, that's not blind justice. That is not blind justice. I don't even know if that's legal. Do you hear about the Whitmer case, the kidnapping defendants? Gretchen Whitmer. Apparently these guys were going to kidnap her and then I guess kill her or whatever. Um, I thought this was really pretty serious until I found out that there were like 12 FBI agents there. By the way, the guy from the New York Times said FBI agents, undercover FBI agents were everywhere. I don't know who to believe, what to trust. I know that they have all signed a plea deal. They've all signed a plea deal, the Whitmer case, and they all have in their plea deal that they testify that there was no FBI interference, that they were not influenced by the FBI. That's a really interesting thing. Kind of makes me wonder again about Matthew. I mean, you know, here he was. Here he was, he, he was ready to pay a price. And then they said, you know, there's a heavier price to pay. And he couldn't face that. I mean, I guess we all have our breaking point. Don't let anyone break your spirit. Focus on restoration. We're not about burning things down. We're about restoring our nation's institution to their proper working order. We don't need a great reset. We need to unplug it and plug it back in we we need to set it back to its factory settings the software is all screwed up it's all corrupted so what do you do when your computer you turn it off and turn it back on again and restore the factory settings that's what has to happen our system is good and has taken many years and many men and endless amounts of effort and money and and blood and we have become wholly disillusioned, disheartened, distrustful. And when we do that, those who hate America get exactly what they want. We love this country and want it restored to factory settings. Did you see that poll that came out yesterday that 60, I think it was 67% of Democrats, if somebody came and invaded our country, they would run. They wouldn't stick around. Says so much. Says everything. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worthwhile. We are no you can go to Canada and no big deal. That says everything. Sixty-seven percent. That should tell you something also about war in general. We are not the World War II generation. That, that I've never seen a number like that in America. That we would turn tail and run and the number between of
0: young males who would actually need to be fighting a war like this was terrible i mean it was it's not even just party it's it's youth as well it's great that a bunch of 80 year olds want to go out and fight the war We, we love that we thank them for that correct but man the people who actually need to be fighting it don't have any interest in it
1: and how are you going to fight i mean will you just cave Will we just cave? Because there's another battle that's coming and it's it's a battle of ESG. It's a battle of being on the wrong side. You notice no BLM people went to jail. Nothing serious. Right. But if you were against the left. If you were a conservative, if you were for Trump. You now you've just been disappeared. And they're trying to break your spirit. Are you strong enough to do that? Are you strong enough to be a pariah? See, fear is all they have. When you stop fearing them, you got them. You got them. More in just a second. Let me tell you about uh, Goldline. line is $2,050 an ounce.
0: Yeah. I, it's funny. You've been doing Goldline. we have been talking about Goldline for how long? I mean, as long as 15, I can remember. 15 year, 20 years. Yeah. yeah seemingly the entire time we've been doing this show and i remember you saying like if gold ever gets to two thousand two thousand dollars an ounce then you know the world is insane and first of all it seems like that kind of played out uh Uh, we're at two thousand and it is insane but with all the inflation i you maybe even need to up that number now at this point
1: oh um you know there's a which bank was it just came out yesterday i think with a new they've revised their gold uh standing so they say uh, 2500 to $2,800 an ounce, they're saying now by think, the end of the year. I don't know if that happens, and we don't want that to happen. That's really, really, really bad. But, you know, you return to things. In the end, the world will return to the things they know are true. And gold and silver have intr- intrinsic value, period. 866-GOLD-LINE. I just read a story about, I have to do it tomorrow. On uh, how uh, China is now working on a currency all based on gold. And they've got a lot of it. And they think that they can get the rest of the world to turn against us and go on theirs because it's backed in gold. 866 Goldline, 866 Goldline or goldline.com. Get some for yourself. Base your life on something real. 866 Goldline. Call them now. Get the Glenbeck specific promotion on orders for physical delivery right to your door. Uh, and ask them find out about their self directed IRA specials this week. Eight six six Gold Line. Ten seconds. Station ID. So tomorrow, I'm going to spend some time on an exit ramp. If you kind of feel like, wow, we're not winning and who has a plan? uh, There's a clear plan. There's a clear way out. But it requires, you know how they always say, um, it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle change. Yeah, That's the reason why I can't lose weight. Because... I just don't want to change my lifestyle. You know what I mean? And when you do, you usually feel better. But the solution here is not something you apply, something that you do, you know, while you're out, you know, while you're speaking about politics. It is a entire lifestyle change. And I'll tell you about that on tomorrow's program. The reason why I can't do it now is because uh, we have uh, Leslie Gordon on uh she is a former special agent for the department of defense she's an attorney and uh she doesn't understand she doesn't understand why the d o j is uh uh rushing to obtain indictment for uh january sixth defendant um there's a uh, illegal detention claim somebody else has just disappeared not you know what's happening Uh, Don't I have a right to a speedy trial? It's been over a year. Where's my trial? What's happening? You can't detain me like this. Now the DOJ is trying to sweep that under the rug. Um, His attorney, he and uh, everyone else around him cannot speak uh, to the press. Uh, It wouldn't go well, I guess. So we found somebody that could speak. Somebody who has written about what's happening to these January 6th guys. We have to care about the process, even for people that may be guilty. You are innocent until proven guilty, and you can't just be disappeared. The Glenn Back Program. Okay, I want to talk to you about uh, keeping your heart really, really soft. We have got to see, um, we have to see Christ in the face of everybody. We have to see it in the suffering. Even the people that we don't like or don't know, we have to see Christ in all suffering. After 9-11, there were 3,000 people killed, and um, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation was put together. And it was put together by a group of people who were like, we have got to take care of these families, uh, and we have to take care of the families of the firefighters and the police officers who gave their life on 9-11. It was a mess. Well, they not only have done that, they have continued on and they are doing it with all the soldiers and now the police officers that lose their life in the line of duty. Now, you know, when when somebody dies and you're a police officer, or you're a soldier, you have a mortgage. Where, where is that money coming from? How are you going to do that? Well, Tunnel to Towers does it for them. They help these veterans. They help the police officers and anyone who has died for our country or community. And they need your help. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. T2T.org. Go to blazetv.com
0: slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn for 10 bucks off Blaze TV.
1: This is the Glenn Beck Program. I want to preface this conversation with I am not... uh, supporting or against uh this particular um uh prisoner. Uh I don't know he's charged with some awful things and he may be guilty of all of them. I don't know. But I do know this. We have a system where you have to try people. You have a speedy trial. You have to indict people, etc., etc. You cannot let them languish in jail that is against our constitution so i i wanted to talk to somebody who has been in the courtroom former special agent for the department of defense um leslie uh, Mc, McAdoo uh, gordon uh and leslie i've been i read your tweets about what happened in the courtroom and i have to tell you i i don't think any other uh, any other trial would end this way would it
3: Well, Glenn, thank you for inviting me to talk about it today. Um, And let me say that what happened this week in the courthouse is not a trial. Well, yeah,
1: I know. It's a a hearing.
3: (laughs) Very far from a trial. Yes. Um, Right. Yeah. So he was arrested last year in December. And what happened this week was a status conference in front of a D.C. judge. The first time he's been seen by a judge in D.C. at all. And we're into March here. So you're correct. This, this is not how the process is supposed to work.
1: So tell me how it's supposed to work. You you are arrested, and then you have certain number of days before you have to be uh, charged or released, right?
3: Yes. In a general sense, that's right.
1: Okay. And, so then, me, and then you have to be able to see a judge.
3: Right. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So there are a bunch of uh, procedural steps that the government has to follow, right? So... And let me say that I'm a lawyer also. I've been a criminal defense lawyer in this courthouse in D.C. for 25 years. So um, Maryland and Virginia also. But um, the way it's supposed to work is if the federal government arrests you, they have to take you without unnecessary delay to appear in front of a judge. That's because the Constitution requires that. Mm -hmm. It's also in the rules of the court but it's primarily a constitutional function because the point is we don't put people in jail and then forget about them. Correct. At least We're not supposed to. (laughs) So now that happened in this defendant's case. His last name is Denny. Mr. Denny was taken promptly the same day that he was arrested. He was processed by the marshals and he was taken the next day to appear in front of a federal magistrate in Texas where he lived. Okay. So so far, so good. All right. (laughs) Right. And then the magistrate there um, set a hearing for three days later, which is within the normal rules, because, you know, he, the guy shows up, the judge determines, all right, you are who the government wants to arrest. We're not holding you illegally so far. (laughs) And I'm going to set a detention hearing and a removal hearing. Now the detention hearing is to determine whether or not Mr. Denny should be let out at all pending his trial. Mm -hmm. The removal hearing is to determine whether he should be shipped from Texas to D.C. where the trial is going to be, because he's charged with offenses from the January 6th event. Mm -hmm. So he's not going to get tried in Texas. He's going to get tried here in D.C. So, so far, so good. They can hold him for those few days while the judge sorts it out. He got assigned a public defender. You know, that lawyer needs time to ascertain what's going on. So three days, no problem. So he's seen by the judge on December 17th for a hearing. And the Texas magistrate, who's a federal officer, judicial officer, finds that he's going to detain Mr. Denny and he's going to approve the government's request to transfer him from Texas to D.C. for his trial. But in addition to that, the rules of the court require that Mr. Denny have a preliminary hearing. The purpose of that is to determine that there's at least probable cause for the charges that the government has charged him with. Mm -hmm. And that hearing has to take place within 14 days of the first day that a judge saw you.
1: But that can change if you are been moved from another state. That can you can add another like ten days or something.
3: No. 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 It's not supposed to. That's the point. He there's two problems with this case. One of them has been overtaken by events, but the other, the Speedy Trial Act problem that you're talking about, that that is there's still a live problem there. So for the preliminary hearing, which is the judge takes a quick look. There has to be testimony. There has to be evidence. The judge says, yeah, there's probable cause so that you committed a crime, so we're going to put you on trial. But that's only good for 14 days because in addition to that preliminary hearing, the federal government, it's different in the states. It's different everywhere in the states. But the federal government has to indict you, which means a grand jury, mm-hmm. you know, a group of citizens, mm-hmm. a group of citizens, not the judge, has to decide that there's probable cause that you committed an offense to charge you with, and put you on trial. And that, according to the rule, must happen within 30 days. And, in fact, that's not a rule. That's a statute passed by the Congress, the Speedy Trial Act. So you have two speedy trial rights. One is in the Constitution. The other is in a statute, a federal statute. And it's binding, of course, on all the federal judges. And it says you must be indicted within 30 days of your arrest. If you are not indicted within 30 days of your arrest, then the indictment must be dismissed or actually it would be the complaint. So there's different ways that the, the federal government can charge you with a crime. An indictment is issued by the grand jury. A complaint is just a sworn affidavit by a law enforcement officer and a judge issues a warrant on it. So that's what happened to Mr. Denny. They issued a complaint, a warrant issued from the judge, and he was arrested. Okay. But he still has to be indicted. You have a right to be indicted. And I know that seems strange to people. You have a right to be indicted. But it's a it's a protection that the Founding Fathers put in so that it's not just government officers saying Correct. there's probable cause that you committed a crime. Correct it's your community, the constituency of the citizenry, agrees that there's probable cause. Okay. So that did not happen. Instead, what happened was the judge in Texas, for reasons that are unclear, believed that he could transfer Mr. Denny from Texas to D.C. for the preliminary hearing. That alone was wrong. The rule required the judge in Texas to hold the preliminary hearing, and for good reason, because <laughs> it, you would think it wouldn't take that long to ship someone from Texas to Washington, but in the criminal system, you'd be wrong about that. Mm. So it took them 46 days to oh. send him <laughs> from Texas to D.C. Oh, my <laughs> right. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're talking about, the 10-day rule, is the federal statute says, yes, you have to be indicted within 30 days, but we're going to add 10 days. 10 days is reasonable to add if you have to go from one district to another.
2: Mm.
3: So effectively, that makes it 40 days. But, you know, they blew by that here, too, because Mr. Denny was indicted on the 84th day, 84, 84th day after he was arrested. So even allowing the government 10 days to transport him would have been 40 days, but they more than doubled that before they indicted him.
1: So, Leslie, I just want to make it clear Uh, uh, from just the charges, if he did these things, he's not a he's not a guy that, you know, I want out on the streets um, and probably deserves things, but. We must stay by the Constitution. So I'm not necessarily fighting for him because I don't know if he's guilty or innocent, Um, but the charges look pretty bad. But I I, in a case like this, at least, you know, in old episodes of Matlock and murder, she wrote, if you if you weren't read your Miranda rights, you were the judge was always like, I'm sorry, you got to let him go. Um well, do, so, doesn't yeah, that
3: apply that, here those that two, Those are two different things but
1: No, I know um, that, I mean, but I mean isn't aren't these these violations of these rules don't they at all I mean the people who should be punished so they don't do it again is the justice system not him he shouldn't have to just sit here and squander uh you know in jail and and nobody's doing anything why isn't this a violation that is so egregious that they would say, you know what, justice system, you're out of control. You need to fix this. Don't ever let this happen again. He's dismissed.
3: Well, that may happen. So the magistrate judge here in D.C., who held a hearing this week, m- made some of those same observations. He said he apologized to Mr. Dunning that you don't often get an apology from a federal judge from the bench. OK, yeah, And he apologized to him and said you were lost in the system. This is not supposed to happen. This is a violation of your rights. The judge said he was at a loss that really it's a clear violation of Mr. Denny's right to have a preliminary hearing, but the judge couldn't do anything about that because when the government indicted him, which they did on the morning of the hearing, when they did that, that unfortunately mooted out the, the problem that he was denied a preliminary hearing but it oh my solve gosh
2: the
3: <laughs> i know i know but it doesn't solve the problem that under the speedy trial act they had to indict him within 30 days and you can't fix the fact that you didn't indict in 30 days by indicting him on day 84 it does not work that way so
1: leslie how many how many people involved in this january 6th uh, thing have just been lost how many I mean, what? What's we can't get any answers on anything. I've never seen anything like this.
3: Well, the system is very convoluted, right, and mm-hmm. opaque. It is complicated even for practitioners who who understand how it's supposed to work. Um, I think that Mr. Denny's case is the only one that is this bad in terms of the Speedy Trial Act problem. Mm. Right, there are a lot. And lots of other problems, procedural problems with these cases and the way the government is handling them. But but you're not wrong that there something should be done about this. And I was I was not impressed, as you could probably tell from my article, that the federal judges here were not more urgent in their application yeah. of the something some resolution to this problem. Now, the magistrate judge is correct that he was he kind of had his hands tied by two things. One, the government got the indictment. Two, the chief judge had issued an order that required the magistrate to write a report and make a recommendation to her so she could act on the defense motion to dismiss the case. (laughs) So the magistrate judge is, you know, he's a lower judge. He has to follow her order. So what he did was he ordered the government to brief the issue about the Speedy Trial Act violation and also you know, for Mr. Denny's lawyer to respond to the briefing. And he set a hearing for later on in the month. Now, you know, at that point, I mean, you're just so far out of time with the Speedy Trial Act that he's just sitting in jail for more days that aren't that are not valid. I think it's illegal, his current detention. Wow. But there will there will be a hearing. But uh, because the government got the indictment, the case has now been transferred to a regular judge, Judge Moss um, instead of the magistrate handling the case. So it's a little unclear whether the report from the magistrate will now go to the chief judge or whether it will go to judge Moss, okay. probably judge Moss. I want
1: to, I, I, we'll follow up with you on this, Leslie, but I, I would like to, uh, if you don't, if you have time to hold for just a couple of sure. minutes, I've, I've got to take a quick break and I want to come back and ask you about what James Colmey said, uh, in a, um, uh, in an op-ed piece earlier this week that, uh, they've got to make an example out of these people. Um, that doesn't seem like blind justice to me, but I, I don't know. I'd love to get your opinion on that. Coming up in a second. First, these days you can't take anything for granted when it comes to your cybersecurity. Just about everything from your phone to literally your refrigerator is now on the Internet. And cyber criminals are out there looking for anything they can get. They'll take everything. Avoid Odd messages via chat, email, or text asking you to take action. Weird links, attachments that you can but should not click on. Dangerous stuff like that. Above everything else, make sure you get a LifeLock. It is essential. Our information is at risk online every day. That's what LifeLock is here for. They can't catch everything. No one can. But they can monitor things you know better than you can on your own. And if you do become a victim... They have a restoration specialist that can work with you to help fix the problem. Now, nobody can stop everything. But nobody can monitor everything. But you can uh, help protect what's yours with Lifelock by Norton. So join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. Call 1 800 Lifelock. 1 800 Lifelock or lifelock.com. Promo code BECK for 25% off. Do it now.
2: This is the Glenn Back Program.
1: uh we are uh we're with uh leslie McAdoo gordon and um leslie i i want to be really careful because i know you're currently uh representing carter P- carter page in his lawsuit in dc federal court against the fbi and james comey and andy mccabe and everybody else um so if you can answer this you know that's fine but I don't know if you read what Jim Comey said in the Washington Post, but he said um, this investigation is mostly about something that you may not want to think uh, about as an FBI agent. It's about sending a message, a shockwave of deterrence. So future Americans, whether led by a, a lying demigod or rightly concerned about the loss of their rights, never again assault the institutions of government. That means even those who merely trespass by following the crowd inside must be held accountable, even if only guilty of a misdemeanor. That's fine, I think, if that means you go through the system and you pay the fine for a misdemeanor, but not you're not locked up for months and months. If you hit a police officer, okay, you're going to go to jail and whatever the judge. But can he say this? Can he... Um, go after uh, f- as general deterrence?
3: Well, a concept of general deterrence you know, is one that the courts have long said is a function of the criminal justice system. And you're right that because I represent Carter Page and Mr. Comey is a defendant in that lawsuit, I can't comment on him directly. But what I will say is we need to be applying the rules of law the same across the entire correct spectrum. what your punishment is should not depend on what your views are it should depend on what the law permits and doesn't permit and what is consistent with the what has been punished in the past and we are not doing that in these cases so I wrote an article about this in red state back in June these same kinds of conduct for let's take Mr. Comey's example the mere trespassers yeah the people who did the very same exact kind of conduct during Fred Kavanaugh's uh, yes. confirmation hearing yes. were not prosecuted in the federal court. They were prosecuted mm. in the local court. They were given effectively a citation. Correct. A special procedure in D.C. Correct. They and had to pay a low, yes, paid a low amount of money. They didn't have to hire lawyers. They didn't have to appear in front of a judge. They paid their money and walked away. And that is not what we're doing with these cases.
1: Leslie, thank you very much. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless. This is
2: the Glenn Beck.